Hey y'all, before we get into today's episode, I want to tell you about our fabulous February calendar. Monday, February 10th, we have a live podcast recording at the Bad Dog Theater at 8 p.m. with some other fantastic comedians from the Sonora Network and some dominatrices from the Ritual Chamber. Wednesday, February 12th, we have our Sex and Cinema event at Fox Theater at 7.30 p.m. This is our kink edition in which we will be screening the film nine and a half weeks and then having a discussion about kink and BDSM afterwards. Friday, February 14th, we have our special Valentine's edition of Bedpost at Club M4 at 10 p.m. And then, of course, our usually scheduled Bedpost on Friday, February the 21st at the Social Capital Theatre at 8 p.m. Now, I hope to see one of your beautiful, shining faces out at one of our February events, specifically the live podcast recording. I have a feeling it might be up your alley. So until then, enjoy today's episode. Bye! Welcome to the Bedpost Podcast, the podcast where I bring fun and sexy guests into my studio to talk about in-depth conversations. Yeah, we talk about conversations. All other conversations we've had, that's what we do here on the podcast. No, we have uh, fun conversations about sex and sexuality uh, with fun guests. And uh, this fun guest that I have today, um, actually they've done my Bedpost stage show, did a lovely kink performance there. Um, and uh, they're a great follow on Instagram, I gotta tell you. So I was very excited to get them in the studio. But first, I gotta tell you about my Patreon, everybody. You know the drill. Patreon.com slash The Bedpost Show. What you're getting there is free mini bonus episodes. So it's just me talking at you for a half hour. The first tier, you get an extra one of those a month. The second tier, you get two of those extra a month. And the third tier, you get two of those extra a month, plus you get access to uh, all the cool content that I create. So you're getting like fetish photo sets. You're getting uh, fetish film that I'm doing with my kinky peers. So if any of those interest you or you're just a longtime listener of the podcast and want to throw me a couple bucks in support, you can do so once again at patreon.com slash the bedpost show. So without further ado, I do have a fantastic guest here in the studio. And let me see. Okay, because this is a really great title. I don't want to fuck it up. This is Toronto's queer rope bitch Luna Imuna. <laughs> Hello, thank you so much for having me and I promise to not be too bitchy. <laughs> or too ropey. <laughs> yeah. Actually not promising that. <laughs> you're the most ropey from what I follow thank on you so Instagram. Much. Wow. Damn, I love you're... rope. Yeah. I have a little bit of an obsession, but it's healthy. <laughs> Trust me, it's healthy. Are you able to tell us like just kind of like how you started out with your fascination with rope? Yes. Is that a good place to sure. start? Sure, yeah. Um, so it's a little, it's like not like the happiest story, but it gets happier. Cool. So um, I started as like a rope bottom. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't really know anything about it, but I was just very interested in BDSM and kink, um, more on the like submission side. Mm-hmm. I hadn't really started doing any of my like dominating work yet. 
so I was really just like bottom focused and I found a rigger in the city and we ended up um, dating actually and I would be tied at, uh, in like crazy sus suspensions on like a weekly or daily basis mm -hmm. and I just really really fell in love with it and the relationship didn't work out um, they ended up being kind of abusive Sorry. So, yeah, I really just, like, left that relationship, but I was so in love with the feeling of being in rope and the way it made my body feel and the way it made my body look and just, like, really, really fell in love with the feeling and the art of it. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to, like, take that um, and, like, just like take like separate that from the relationship and just realize that like that is what I really loved and so then I um just learned to tie myself because it was like the safest way for me to access that feeling that I fell in love with mm -hmm. and then once I realized that I could tie myself up I was like holy shit I can tie up all my friends who have had these like terrible experiences with like doms in the city who are like not the best with consent and stuff, and I was like, okay, like, now I can, like, provide a safe space for my friends, um, and we can, like, tie up each other, and then I took it even further, and I was like, I'm really, really in love with this, like, I'm going to commit my life to this practice. Damn. <laughs> love it. Yeah. So what did you, I want to know how you went from, okay, being a rope bottom to, learning the skills yeah. to like you know self-tying and then eventually mm -hmm. like doing topping rope and doming rope yeah so I like did not expect to be a top or dominant like at all I was mm -hmm. like the subbiest bottom there ever was <laughs> that was like my identity I was like I am baby uh, <laughs> I'm baby I Love am baby it. um yeah so I, I just learned to, like, tie myself because I really wanted, like, the feeling of, like, the submission and being tied up, but, like, without the, like, the power dynamics because I wasn't feeling safe about that. Mm -hmm. So, did my... you, like, how did you learn even the knots and stuff? Okay, so, like, how, like, the technical? Yeah, okay, yeah. So, I learned a lot from bottoming. Yeah. And then I also took some um, classes. I took a self-suspension class and that kind of just like boomed me into action. I got books. I signed up to, uh, shout out to Shabari Study, who is like the best mentor, teacher, online um, website that I could have ever asked for. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't do a lot of in-person training. Okay. Um, I did some, but most of it, it, it was really just, um, practicing with my friends and practicing on myself and, you know, seeing how the tie feels like on myself and then like applying that onto someone else and like experimenting with them. Mm -hmm. Um, and only recently have I felt like, um, very confident in my skill level, like, I'm, I'm still, like, practicing, and, like, there's always more to learn, but, um, it took, like, years to, you know, learn all the knots, and, like, make sure that everything was safe, and, like, um, it, it turned, it just recently turned from, like, a constant labbing to, like, a, I can actually be in the moment now, because my brain is, like, has learned a lot of things that mm -hmm. I can apply in, like, the present moment. Mm-hmm. Something. And now you can kind of just forget. You can turn it off. Yeah, I like, can turn your, not off all your of it. Like now, yeah. I have both. Like I can like turn it off and really apply what I know in a session. 
Um, and then I also have like practice labbing time with like people that I'm super comfortable with who like are um, very body aware and less of a client thing and more of a like we're labbing this out together. Cool. Um, it's not me doing it to you. It's like a collaboration, you know? Love it. Yeah. And for other people that might be interested, like say they've been maybe bottoming for rope or even they've seen like a lovely Instagram feed like your own and they're interested to like start self-tying. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some ways maybe you can recommend for people, like maybe some things that they need to watch out for, and mm-hmm. then also some things that are maybe some great resources for them? Well, I teach how to <laughs> Yeah, <tie>. well, well. <laughs> well, let me talk about my services. Um, yeah, I do, I do like rope sessions, and I also teach like um, rope 101, just like basic um, you know, single column, double column, just like the very basic things. Um, and then also there's a lot of online resources. I love Shibari Study. They have a free um, entire safety resource, which cool. is like super cool. And there's like a lot of good content there. Mm-hmm. And it's like not very expensive. It's like a monthly thing. And there's like beginner stuff and, and it goes all the way to like um, like extreme transitions. So like very like, high-level stuff, so there's, like, something for everyone, mm-hmm. and then also just, like, YouTubing, yeah. um, you know, single column, like, anything, like, chest harness, um, leg binder, like, just really searching up anything and just practicing, like, all the time, like, just getting really, really used to the knots and always having safety scissors. That's the most important thing. Okay. Yeah. Is there anything else that we for sure need to know before we even start doing this, like, about safety? Always have safety scissors mm-hmm. and read all of the safety resources before you even touch rope. Like, mm-hmm. it can be extremely dangerous, even if you're just tying yourself, like, on your floor. It can be, you know, there's a lot that can go wrong. So I think it is... I can't really cover, like, all of the safety things right now because it's right. so extensive. You right. know, like, you could keep researching safety things forever. Mm-hmm. So it is really important to, like, before you start to either go to a teacher or a class um, and make sure that you know all of the safety things or just do a lot of, you know, online research. For sure. This yeah. isn't something you should just pick up. No. Pick up a piece no. of rope and buy yourself in, on your floor. Just start tying yourself up. It, it, it doesn't have to be that scary. Like, it, as long as you're risk aware and, you know, you read all of the information, you could just you know, pick up a rope and just start tying yourself, but there needs to be some, you know, knowledge, background base. knowledge. Yeah. Got you. Yeah. Do you think that's important to have even when you're just like subbing and bottoming for rope? I think it's very important and I don't think that it's, um, practiced or talked about enough. I think that like, especially for myself, like when I started off bottoming, I had like no idea what was happening to me and that was part of the appeal. And I know that that is very appealing to like a lot of bottoms to just be completely submissive and not have to think about anything. Yeah, do whatever you yeah, want to me. Just do whatever you want to me, exactly. But that has like a lot of repercussions, I feel like, in the long term that we like don't really think about. So I am like a very proactive bottoming. Yeah. So like when my bottoms come to me, I like have a talk with them and I want it to be. I want them to let go and feel and like I will take over and like I will do my thing and you know you'll feel great but also I want it to be more of a collaboration and I want to hear like how you're feeling and I mm-hmm. want you to know what's going on inside your body so that you know you're completely aware of the risks and 
completely aware of like what you're putting yourself through and what you're putting your body and mind through. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's it's really important as a bottom, even if you're not topping at all, to mm-hmm. know just as much, if not like more than the rigor, you know? Yeah, agreed. Mm-hmm. Totally yeah. agree. Yeah, and even just for me doing doing dom work, like I don't want like I mean if that if that's your total gig to just be completely silent. Some people experience submission that way and that's cool. But like for me doming, it's much more just energetically satisfying for me to have like mm-hmm. more of an exchange, right? Yes, so totally. we're talking back yeah. and forth and we're like mm-hmm. really they're in the moment with each yeah. other and communicating with mm-hmm. each other, not even just by like telling us how you're feeling, but like body language and yeah. like with your energy and yeah. like even saying this is great, you know, like yes. that is lovely feedback, you know, yeah. or like, like smiling, letting yourself yeah. smile mm-hmm. or laugh, letting or... yourself cry. You know? Yeah. Oh my I god, love when that happens. Ooh, I had a session. <laughs> oh. oh, I love making people cry in a good totally. way. Totally. I had a, a session on Friday that was like, oh, it just went there. It got so vulnerable. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my God. Mm-hmm. I'm just so it's happy. Beautiful. It's so yeah, beautiful. To see that release and like to be a part of that. Yeah. Yeah. That's really like the work that I'm into, you know? Yeah. The rope and domination is like the medium, but like what I'm really doing is like accessing that vulnerability and yeah. that softness. Okay. So let's talk about this then. Yeah. When did you start to kind of come to realize that about yourself as a dom? So I've always been like a healer. Like I've always wanted to pursue that in some capacity. And then the domination and the sex work and the rope was, they were all separate yeah. things. Um, and also like the art aspect, like, so they were all BDSM art and healing. They were all like the three most important things to me. Mm -hmm. And then with rope, I really just realized that I could bring those three together in like the most beautiful way. And it's been kind of like divine intervention. Like everything that I've learned and experienced as a sex worker and a dom has really contributed to like, um, my healing practices, Mm -hmm. um, like for self-healing and then also just like applying that to others. Mm-hmm. Um, I went to school for a little bit to be like a spiritual director. And so I learned about like the chakras and the meridians and like releasing things in your body and like somatic healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just really um, applying like everything that I've learned through my self-healing and using that like in sessions with the rope Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's just really flowed to this like natural, soft domination, vulnerability space that I I didn't really imagine, and I'm here, and now that I'm here, I'm like, yeah, that is like perfect. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> that's my thing. That's exactly my vibe. Yeah, I found that's my it. vibe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've also kind of, um, you know, in the past like year, let's say, since I've been doing this professionally and like really actually putting in the hours, mm-hmm. like that I'm really harnessing my dom voice as well. And I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. okay, she's she's playful, yeah. uh, grounded yet playful. Yes. Um, and they're in a similar way that you're saying, I don't necessarily identify with healer, but I identi- identify with like like a tour guide kind of, yeah. like a guide, yeah. like, okay. you know, guiding you through totally. an experience, yes. right? Yes. Um, uh-huh. And I'm very much like in a service top 
headspace as mm-hmm. well. Like mm-hmm. I'm here for you and I'm here yeah. to facilitate this experience for you. That's beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. And that's how I see it. And yeah. 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 I feel like there's this like archetype of dominant. Oh yeah. That is sometimes true, but there is like so much variation within that, you know, for sure. And like a lot of people will think that I'm this like hard, you know, scary, like goth. I mean, I am sometimes. <laughs> I can be. I can be. I can be. Yeah. I can be yeah. hard, and but I can also be extremely soft and like just allowing someone to take their space in submission and vulnerability. And yeah, I really like you know pushing on those boundaries of like what a domination person is and looks like and does. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. Do you feel, where do you come up against that? Like, where do you feel like you're not at all? Like, the stereotypical dom. Mm. So the thing is that I can be the stereotypical dom, yeah. and I very much enjoy that as well. Yeah. But the difference is that I can am just, like, so many dominant archetypes, like, depending on, like, how I'm feeling and, like, what the service is. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. I can be that, you know, sexy dominatrix with a whip and, like, high leather boots, and, like, I really enjoy that. Like, I enjoy getting into that character and wearing a wig and, you know, really embodying that character. Mm-hmm. Or I could also be the, like, mom that you always needed to, like, pat your head <laughs> yeah. and, like, tell you it's gonna be okay while you're, like, held in my ropes, you know? Yeah. So just, like, being able to flow between all of the different archetypes. Mm -hmm. What do you feel like is the most rewarding for you? The most rewarding for me... I just got head chills because I, like, thought about it. (laughs) You thought about something. (laughs) It's making me feel things. Yeah, it's very rewarding. (laughs) Like, I get messages from clients that make me cry about, like, just feeling, like so safe and like they've never been able to um express that kind of vulnerability with submission yeah and just like thanking me for providing that space and providing that touch and intimacy that they have been missing out on um Mm -hmm. yeah really just making people feel safe and like being able to express themselves and when they tell me that I'm like I like cry I'm like oh my god like that Mm -hmm. is my mission like thank Mm -hmm. you so much yes yeah, I got an I got an email to yesterday and replied to it like it was just like a thank you email and I for sure cried. Um, oh yeah. Yeah, while responding to it yeah. because I was just like I'm just so grateful like to facilitate this this experience for you and mm-hmm. and to, you know, again like guide you mm-hmm. to your vulnerability. Yes. You know. Yeah. Um and I was just like, how how special is that? And how lucky I feel mm-hmm. to bear witness to that mm-hmm. and to, like, mm-hmm. you know, gu- again, guide them to yeah. that. Yeah. I was totally. just like, ah, crying while yeah. reading it. Yeah. I feel that 100%. And yeah. it's, like, not something that people see a lot. So no, for us, it's, it's like, yeah. it's kind of taboo. It's kind of like, you don't see that a lot. Like, you don't see people express that much vulnerability and it's just so like Mm. striking yeah 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 it's so profound yeah yeah Yeah. it's like surreal yeah yeah totally I'm wondering how specifically do you experience healing through rope like is there something that is physically happening to your body when you're using rope 
that is connected to that feeling of like being healed? Yes. So there are a few things. The first thing is, um, like seeing myself in rope has been extremely healing for like body Mm. dysmorphic issues. I find that it really like, it cuts the body in a certain way where like everything almost looks disconnected, like Mm -hmm. a doll, like you can just like rip off a leg. Mm -hmm. Like it just really like disconnects all of the limbs and like different parts if you can imagine kind of what I'm saying Mm -hmm. so that I can like appreciate each part as like a separate thing so like I can appreciate like my torso and like my leg and it's not like just one body it's like different parts and I'm like seeing it in such a different way it's so interesting yeah it's hard to explain but it's been very healing for like my body image issues. Yeah. Yeah. And then other healing things that I've experienced are, um, it's like a, it's a huge release. Like it's a very, it's a blood movement, like, Mm -hmm. you know, having the tightness and then like having different parts, um, more tight and less tight and, you know, lifted up and, you know, going down. And then when the rope comes off, it's all like, everything that you've experienced in the session, all these sensations and everything that has been activated in your body is just released. Mm. Like, a huge, like, downpour. And, like, that is where a lot of the emotions will come out as well, is when, when, you're untied. when you come down and then the rope comes off. That's, mm-hmm. like, a lo- where a lot of the, yeah, that's where a lot of the magic is. Like, it's mm. really, like, after everything. Mm. That's when the release is and then it feels kind of like a fresh it's like fresh blood flow and like fresh brain flow and you know there's a lot of like dopamine released mm-hmm. and it's that's like, what i was gonna ask yeah. is there something like with the brain chemicals oh, yeah, with adrenaline or yeah. with adrenaline dopamine yeah. like it's like if you were working out and yeah, yeah, yeah. you know like just a lot of like good chemicals happening there. Serotonin. Yeah. Serotonin. That's one. I know that it's one. It's all released. <laughs> and there's this thing called um, rope dope. Okay. So it's um, after you've experienced like being tied up or being suspended, you you get kind of like high, like kind of like lethargic, but like, yeah. So I like to do like um, just like writings after that, Ooh. like because you're in a very like free headspace where there's like there's not a lot of um like blocks in your mind like I feel like it's just like very open and so like I'll do like some writing and like have like new intuitive thoughts that I've like never thought of before and it's just like a very clear like meditative headspace do you think like do you play with like altered um headspaces like do you play with do you think that's like related to subspace is there some of that happening where like the beta is more engaged i don't even i think is so. it the beta that's that what's happening in subspace something where you're in a maltered in, in yeah. a maltered yeah you're a maltered you're in a mind <laughs> your mind is alt in an altered state yeah. you know almost like you're you're drunk or you're yes that is definitely like the rope dope it's like yeah. a mix of the rope um, uh, and then also like subspace. Yeah. And then I also experience like as a top, like, um, top, like a dom space, dope. a top yeah. space. Yeah. Yeah. So for me, it's like a lot of adrenaline and a lot of like, um, 
like I just went on a run. Yeah, 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 <laughs> yeah. So on both sides, there's like a lot of sensation and feeling and yeah, it's like very physically, somatic. physically that's yeah. happening. That's yes, so cool. Very, yeah, it's very physical. Yeah, that's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I it doesn't happen every time or after every session, but oh boy, sometimes I get. Uh, I feel so spacey after. Mm, yeah. 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 I for sure yes. go sometimes, like sometimes really get to a top space. And then yeah. after I'm just like, woo, I honestly yeah. do feel like I'm like woozy. just woozy, spacey, yeah. like, like adrenaline. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I get really sweaty. Like when I suspend <laughs> someone, it's like extremely hard. It's like, it's like a very long and strenuous workout. Yeah, it's like physically it's laborious. Very physically, yeah. It's very physically demanding. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, so it's like a it's like complete liter- workout and somatic healing and top space and so many things. Yeah. yeah. So, okay, when did you... Because I've seen... You've been at Bedpost and you've performed. Um, and I don't know if I've seen you in person do like a suspension but I for sure see it on your Instagram yes so okay so you obviously can get like a rig where you can do suspension work like in your own home yes uh when at what point maybe would you recommend somebody that's like okay they're interested in rope maybe they've uh bottomed a bit for rope they're doing some self-tying when is a point where you might invest in something like that and kind of move it to the next level where you're suspending right well, that's is a that like question. really advanced? Like, is that like yes. really, really advanced? Yeah. Suspension is very advanced and yeah. I would not recommend trying even a partial until you're like extremely confident in your rope abilities and mm-hmm. have tried, you know, suspending on like someone else's rig, like with them helping and watching you, like what if they have like more experience, mm-hmm. it's definitely like very advanced and like no one should just buy a rig and like suspend String themselves. someone up or yeah. themselves no. up. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay, good. Yeah. Maybe like, I don't know, <laughs> after like two years of doing like extensive floor work where you're sure that everything is like feeling very good and you've practiced on others and you've practiced on yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah, the rig is a big um, step. It's a big step and it's very expensive and you need specific rope and it's like you have to care for it and care for your rope Rope. and it's a huge like life commitment like Mm -hmm. I spend like hours you know doing rope care like every day wow maybe not every day but but often (laughs) often yeah and you know caring for my rig and yeah it's what does that look like so like washing conditioning the 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 ropes yeah it's not washing but conditioning and Mm -hmm. Like, because um, depending the fibers. on yeah, depending on what material it is, I'm yeah. sure there's a different care procedure for yeah. each. Reason. Yeah, um, so it's about like moisturizing and you know burning off like the fibers because it kind of like like they break up a yeah, little. Yeah, they break right? up a little bit, and then you need to like burn it off, um, and also like de-stressing it. So like, there's a lot of energy that is built up in the rope, and mm. then there will be, like, little kinks throughout it. Mm. And so you need to, like, you know, spend time, like, running your finger over and pressing it and, like, straightening it out. And that's called, like, de-energizing. So, yeah, there's... It's wow. boring, but there's, no, like, it's, a million It's interesting. Things. I would, yeah. like, because I'm not a rope top or a rope bottom, uh, really, either. And you would... I feel like 
people who aren't really in that culture would never think that you would have to do all that stuff to the rope. Yeah, there's a lot of behind-the-scenes work um, and investments. So it's like, I don't see a lot of people who are not extremely serious about it go that direction Mm because of the time and, like, resources it takes. Mm -hmm. So... And what do you need to do to the rig that you're maintaining so, the integrity of, you know, the whole contraption? The rig, it's it's a little, like, boring and complicated, but, like, I need to make sure that the um, the temperature and the humidity is, like, okay. at a specific temperature. So it's like an instrument, owning an instrument. Okay, I've never owned an instrument, but I guess... Yeah, it has to yeah. be kept at, like, say, a guitar, even mm. just, like, a, mm-hmm. an acoustic guitar. It has to yeah. be kept at a certain temperature, and it has to be, you know, a certain level of humidity and whatnot, so it won't yeah. warp and it won't bend. Yes, exactly. Like so my frame has warped, like, a few times, okay. and it's yeah. kind of... I've had point. a guitar warp. I've had yeah, a guitar neck so just weird. completely fucking oh, warp. Wow. Yeah, because it's too dry in yeah. my yeah. apartment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so keeping Interesting. it. Uh, yeah, yeah, there's just like a million little details. I'm sure there's more things that I can do to like, you know, keep it like lasting longer. And but I'm, I'm not really sure of all of the things. I just yeah. like do what I can. Very cool. Yeah. I would have never thought that's that's something yeah. I for sure. I knew you conditioned rope. I knew you had to do some maintenance to yeah. rope to you know. It's very hot in there, so yeah, yeah. It's nice for when people are like suspended as well it's for the frame and the people yes to keep it nice and warm (laughs) yeah i played with someone who um they didn't have many hard limits but one of their hard limits was being cold (laughs) i was like same i was like same 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 that's the worst thing (laughs) he wants to be whipped in like when you're freezing weather yeah no yeah Yeah, totally uh okay so what we should do actually is take a break at this time so we're gonna uh you know hear from some of our fabulous sponsors and then we'll be right back with uh, Queer Rope Bitch. Is that what yes. <laughs> Toronto's Queer Rope Bitch. Love it. Luna Umuna. <laughs> Let's take a moment to talk about our lovely sponsors, shall we? First of all, Oasis Aqua Lounge is a water-themed sex club located right here in Toronto at 231 Mutual Street. Oasis is inclusive of all genders and orientations and is shame-free when it comes to pleasure and play. Check them out at their website, oasisaqualounge.com. Unicorn Collaborators is the local leather business of two queer unicorns. They specialize in luxurious and colorful harnesses for all body types, and even craft non-conventional ones for your thigh, fist, or foot. Check them out at their Etsy shop under Unicorn Collaborators. Lovecrafters Toys is a non-gendered fantasy sex toy line that makes weird and wonderful dildos in the shape of tentacles, unicorn horns, mermaid tails, and more. Their high-quality silicone is hand-poured right here in Toronto. Check out their Etsy shop at Lovecrafters Toys. ComeAsYouAre.com is a trans-owned, trans-operated sex shop that also happens to be feminist and anti-capitalist. They carry only the best sex toys and want to give you the best price possible. Next time, use the coupon code BEDPOST, that's B-E-D-P-O-S-T, when checking out at ComeAsYouAre.com. A 
Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Bedpost Podcast. I'm still here, your host, Erin Pym, and I'm here with my fabulous guest, Luna Muna. Haven't left yet. Nope. Still here, everybody. Still here. (laughs) You haven't gotten rid of us yet. Uh, And something we just mentioned that we wanted to talk about, well, you just mentioned you wanted to speak about on the break, is platonic intimacy. Yes. I love this topic. Oh, me too. It's so important. (laughs) It's so important. So important. What do you mean when you, when you say platonic intimacy? So what I mean, wow. Um, (laughs) wow. Just a small little question. Just a little question. Start off the second half. (laughs) So I, when I say platonic intimacy, I mean intimacy that is not inherently sexual. Um, it's intimacy that can be incorporated into kink. I'm very into like platonic kink. Um, and just like going into those head spaces and sharing those things with people in like a non-sexualized environment mm-hmm. so for play or for work and both can be like extremely healing um and I find that it like for me it has been like a great way to access intimacy when I haven't been able to access intimacy like sexually mm-hmm. it's just like a great and like safe way to to go to those places and connect Mm-hmm. Yeah. When did you start to realize that you could, like, kind of, that you could practice platonic kink, that you could... Yeah. Yeah. Because I think a lot of people just assume that it's all tied up with your sexuality. Right? Yeah. And if it doesn't involve your genitals, then, uh-huh. you know, it's not yeah. really valid, or it's not right. something that that you can separate. Right, yes. That you can just practice kink mm-hmm. for kink's sake. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, a lot of people think that kink is, like, inherently sexual. Yeah. And, like, it can be sexual, but sure. it can also be, like, completely, you know, whatever you want it to be. It can be artistic, it could be platonic, it could be all three. Um, I realized that I was into that and wanted to, like, do that um, after I left, like, that first abusive rigor. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't want to access intimacy sexually, but I was very into kink um, still. Yeah. So... Yeah, I just met a bunch of people who, like, were into those same things. A lot of queer folks who Mm -hmm. are, I find, are very into platonic um, and, like, kink, um, platonic kink and intimacy because uh, there's just so much, like, we've just experienced, like, so much sexualization and it's just so nice to, like, go to those places without that... um, so I have, like, some friends who showed me that that was a thing, and then also starting my rope journey, I, like, rope is not, to me, it is, like, sexual energy, but it's not, like, it's actually very hard to have sex, like, in, like, beautiful suspensions, you know, like, (laughs) for, rope for sex is more, like, just, like, simple ties. Yeah, it's different. Yeah, it's different, but, like, what I do is, like, very artistic, and it's very, like, full, body somatic work um so there are there's usually not any like genitals involved because it would actually be very difficult (laughs) yeah (laughs) to do both it would be very difficult to do both at the same time yeah Mm -hmm. yeah it can be done but (laughs) what type what types of kinks do you have experience with um practicing platonically so rope is like the biggest one obviously um you know really anything like just getting into headspaces um, with, like, role-playing, yeah. um, you know, impact play, mm-hmm. needles. Mm-hmm. I really, really love 
needles and blood play. Mm -hmm. Um, that has never been, you know, sexual for me. It's, it's a very much different experience, um, of connection. Mm -hmm. Um, what else? Really anything, like really most, most things. Yeah. Yeah. Anything. Yeah. When did you get in? Tell us about needles, a little bit about needles. Okay. When did you get into that? I got into that like three years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, again, everything was like, I started as like a bottom. So everything mm-hmm. was like done on me. And then that's like the space that I realized like what I was into. And then, so from there I, um, just went to like workshops and did a lot of like research like two years ago about like how to do it to myself and others and that I haven't it hasn't been a huge part of my life because I don't find like a lot of people who are Mm -hmm. like into it um it's more like special when I find someone who is into that and yeah it's really beautiful yeah I've only I've only recently started to come into topping needles like Mm -hmm. I'm at the point now where I feel like I can I'm competent in my skills to be able to deliver that in a professional context Mm -hmm. like via same thing like books um you know YouTube websites Mm -hmm. like uh other great like Twitter you know follows and stuff like that um and, um, and, and then again, putting in the hours, like putting the practical knowledge of, yes. you know, having some lovely guinea pig friends of yes. mine. guinea pigs are the best. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank totally. you, guinea pigs. Yes, totally. <laughs> Your dominance, thank you. <laughs> yes, we do. Yeah. And, um, yeah, there's something very, very intimate about it. Yeah. yeah. It's, you're penetrating someone. Yeah, you are. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You're seeing their blood. Yeah. That's like a huge release as well yeah Yeah, physically is yeah what is do you know anything about like what's happening physically when you're doing needles not really like in a scientific way but Mm -hmm. like in an emotional way I find it a huge release like just just as much as like the rope um just like seeing the blood come out um and it's like new blood flow and you're releasing all these endorphins and yeah I like to imagine that like when the blood comes out, it's, like, all of the, like, negative shit is, like, coming out with mm. it, like, and I think that, like, what needs to come out will come out, like, in the blood, like, it'll, like, hold the energy of, like, what needs to be released, mm-hmm. like, I feel like our bodies just, like, no, no, and, like, will release what needs to be released through yeah. that, yeah. yeah, especially if you're, like, very intentional about it, mm-hmm. and, like, you know, saying, like, with this, like, I release this, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, I do the same thing with uh, with breath yeah. um, in my sessions. Cool. Yeah, I like do you know like kind of a a spoken like guided mm. thing, especially at the beginning yeah. of the session where yeah. I like people. I try to get people to just really drop into their bodies yeah. and kind of you know as much as you can, um, and you know sometimes easier said than done to just kind of be present in the moment and mm-hmm. kind of shut mm-hmm. off the brain as a little bit. Wow. Shut off the brain a little bit. Um, and I, I do start most of my sessions mm-hmm. with breath with just some like Very nice cool. deep breathing, grounding exercises mm-hmm. off the top. And it's kind of like a guided thing where I'm like with each exhale, you know, you're letting go of like all your to-do lists, your, yeah. your schedules, your calendars, like stuff like that. Yeah. Um, 
you know, and, and with each breath, you know, you're calling attention to like, you're starting with the muscles in your face mm-hmm. and your jaw, down your neck, down the back of your neck, down your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And like, you're releasing, you're dropping, you're letting everything like fall and hang. I like, feel very relaxed. <laughs> we just start doing like a meditation we both just fall asleep <laughs> that's a great idea i love that especially yeah. for like the beginning to like get into that calm headspace of yeah. like receiving yeah and it's the same idea of like you know your breath coming out so mm-hmm. yeah just like imagine mm-hmm. all the negative negativity is like all the yeah. like you were saying all those things that you're holding on to mm-hmm. in your body that are negative it's physically leaving yes. your body coming in yeah yes. i love that Beautiful. what what are um some other ways we can practice platonic intimacy um cuddles yeah hugging you know my friendships are like extremely important to me so just like close intimate friendship um what does that look like that looks like supporting each other and you know, being extremely respectful of each other's boundaries and, you know, not sexualizing each other and also just, like, holding each other. And, you know, there can be platonic cuddling or, like, hugging, you know, words of affirmation, just, like, really soft, vulnerable, open relationships that are not necessarily romantic are, like, extremely important for me. Mm-hmm. I feel like often people will, like, be most vulnerable in like romantic relationship and I like get that and if that's like what works for you then that's cool and like you know great but like for me I love to get those needs met and be vulnerable in like a lot of different sorts of connections yeah yeah I even feel like just sharing you know yeah things like sharing your feelings Mm -hmm. your your worries, your stresses, like you're saying, like support, supporting each other, right? Like it doesn't even have to be physical. Yeah. Um, though that is definitely very intimate as well. Like, Mm -hmm. but it can be about being emotionally Mm -hmm. vulnerable with each other, emotionally intimate with each other. Exactly. Yes. Like just showing yourself and like having the other person be like, you are great. You know, I see you. Yeah. 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 And I love you. I see you and I hear you and I love you and I'm not here to fix your problems, but you know, I'm here to like support you and like in being your best self. Yeah. Yeah. And offer hugs if you're into it. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like physical, that like physical hunger is, Mm -hmm. is a thing, right? If you're not touched, if you're never touched. Yes, totally. You know? Yeah. I feel like that's also a huge problem like for a lot of queers there's a lot of like um what's the word like fear of touch or just like like fear of intimacy fear of intimacy intimacy and also just not like no access to touch like Mm. just like in queer culture I find that a lot of folks can be like yeah very afraid of that and like just like in heteronormative culture it's so normal to like you know, touch people unconsensually, like, just give them hugs and, like, kiss them on the cheek, like, without asking, and so I feel like a lot of queers are, like, touch-starved because we've kind of gone the opposite way, mm-hmm. and we're, like, afraid to touch and afraid to ask, and we don't want to be, like, those people who have put that on us in the past, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Yeah, I do. So yeah. I have people come to me who are, like, touch-starved yeah. and, you know, want to feel, like, that kind of intimacy yeah Yeah, touched like safely and you know with like 
boundaries that are in place and like very clear boundaries like you will be touched with the rope yeah. you know yeah, yeah it's like yeah, an yeah. extension of myself but it's not like it like for a lot of people I feel like it can be not as striking as like full body touch it's like the rope is touching you and that's like an extension of my body but I'm not like on top of you you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah I feel like that's a part of rope that people don't necessarily focus on like say when you're getting tied like I've had people that are tying me before and they're like "Eh, bear with me this is the boring part and I'm like it's not what are you talking about (laughs) like as you're tying like the rope is like being Mm -hmm. you know pulled across your skin Mm -hmm. it's being you know like, mm-hmm. yeah, it's all part of it. Yeah, and, and same totally. with the untie as well. It's yes. the same thing. Like all that, when you're undoing a knot, like the rope is just, yeah, it's all different types of sensation totally. play that's yeah. happening. And it's like the rope is a very, um, nuanced sensation tool, mm-hmm. right? It's not like it just suspends you from here and that's what it does. Yeah. It's like, it's very slow. Like you're slowly going into a headspace. Like when the rope touches your body, and then, like, the more rope there is, it's, like, the deeper you sink. Mm-hmm. And then the suspension is, like, the peak. And then the undoing of the tie is, like, still a part of the process. Yeah. And, like, all parts are, like, just as important and, like, not boring, I don't think. Yeah, no. Yeah. Me neither. Maybe, like, for some people, like, watching it, it could be a little boring. Or, like, if you've seen the same tie over and over again. But I really don't feel that way. Like, I really feel like it's about the connection and what's going on like emotionally not just like what structure are you tying you know Mm -hmm. since we're talking kind of about queerness are you able to tell me how your queerness is kind of tied in with your your kink is that Hmm. a shitty question is that just a dumb question my (laughs) my queerness does tie in with my kinks i'm just trying to think how um it's been like a huge way to like reclaim a lot of stuff um, a lot of, like, shame, Mm. a lot of, like, body shame, which is, I feel like, a huge queer mood, you know, a lot of sex (laughs) shame. Yeah. 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 Um, and that, the kink in that way has been a huge part of, like, reclaiming my body and my queerness and, you know, just being, like, a queer artist Mm -hmm. is, like, radical in itself, like, having a queer body. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't really know how to answer that question, honestly. <laughs> it might have been just a bad question. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. It's not a bad question. It's just like broad. Like I could just yes, like, yeah, yeah. And that's like, why there's it's so bad. many things, you know. Like being a queer rigger, you know. Yeah. Like I feel like I'm one of the only queer riggers in Toronto. Like I'm yeah. sure there are others, um, but it's not like a common thing. Like it's very common for cis male straight males to be doms and rickers yeah like there's a lot of those um and very few of me yeah Yeah. versus submissive females to be rope bottoms right straight like skinny slim yeah girls to be rope bottoms and like big yeah young yeah and then like the big dominant man who just like lifts her up in like a second and there's like no process it's just like yeah so i think in that way like that's important like um, being a queer top and someone who's like not mask, but I'm like I'm more femme. I'm not. I wouldn't say that I'm only femme, but like I'm not a cis male. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that is you know a very big thing, and I've 
I felt kind of like alone in that for a while, like being a, a queer rope top. Mm-hmm. Um, there are some, but it's not like a huge community. So just like standing in that identity alone is like, I feel like extremely radical. Do you feel like you're, um, what's it called? Do you feel like, uh, other people like you, um, might be inspired by you as an artist and you as a top? I hope so. I'm like teaching a lot of folks, a lot of, um, like 101 rope now. And when I'm doing that, I'm really hoping to like build this community, you know, mm-hmm. the role model is the word I was searching for. Yeah. Role model. Okay. Maybe. Um, Are you I a think that, queer rope bitch role model? I think, <laughs> maybe. I think I have inspired some people to like find their toppiness within within themselves as well, which is really beautiful. Yeah. So in that way, maybe. Yeah, I hope to do that with like like my Twitter feed specifically. I like to really concentrate on like um, playing with you know what we were saying like st- what a stereotypical dominatrix mm-hmm. looks like, and you know, what else it can look like. Yeah. Right. And, and kind of encouraging people to find their own voice, find Mm -hmm. their own domino voice, find Mm -hmm. their own way. And like, um, that it doesn't have to look like one thing. Yeah. You know, totally. Yeah. And like every aspect, you don't have to look the way that you've been told you Mm -hmm. have to look, Mm -hmm. you don't have to practice it in the way you've been like told, you know, via like media and via, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I think it is like, beautiful process for someone to like find their own toppiness and their own dom inside and just like how different that looks yeah and it's all a spectrum yeah you know yeah Yeah. it's all a spectrum for sure yeah i hope to inspire some baby bottoms to maybe (laughs) find their toppy side if that's what they wish Yeah. yeah is there something specific you would recommend for people um who are trying to find like rope play partners um where would could you find a good rigor where could you know like mm-hmm. a, a good vetted safe honestly i'm not in love with the toronto kink scene in general yeah. rope scene yeah um there are some people i would say like maybe instagram and just like like i don't want to say like what i think people think that I would say is to like go to your local events and like go on FetLife but I'm not gonna say that because I have not had great experiences at my local events in FetLife Mm -hmm. so I'm not really sure I'm that's still a question that I am looking for the answer for as well fair I mean that's why (laughs) our jobs exist yeah essentially Mm -hmm. is like yeah for a lot of reasons people just don't have a kinky play partner in their life right Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. let alone someone that they can like really trust that they're knowledgeable and that they're they can feel safe with and yeah also just vet your tops you know like if you are going to go on fet life and find tops like that's cool and you know there are events and um there's like munches i don't really go to any of those but like if you do just like make sure to vet your tops and and how 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 might we vet a top ask them to speak to bottoms that they have tied with that's like i think the main like the best way to like figure out what is actually happening is to talk to people who have already had those experiences with them and like multiple people yeah 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 Yeah, not just one for sure yeah Yeah. no that's a really good tip 
Okay, so since we're just kind of nearing the end of our pod, I'd like to just shoot some fun, kinky questions at you <laughs> yeah. if, if you're if you're into it. Are you able to describe your favorite suspension? My favorite, like, to do to someone? Yeah. Do you have one? Hmm. I like to put people upside down. Oh. Um, <laughs> why? Why? It's very vulnerable. Disorienting. Disorienting, yes. <laughs> um, it's very, like, it's a whole sensory experience. I like to, like, put someone in the air and then do, like dynamic like sequences which I don't get to do a lot because it's like very difficult on the body but like just putting someone up and like you know putting them into different positions like having them upright and then put them upside down and then mid-air put them on the side you know Mm -hmm. like I really like doing that and then when they hit the ground they're just like fully like so tired and just destroyed and like in the that's best my way. favorite yeah when someone comes to the ground and is like completely destroyed <laughs> that's, the way. that's the best suspension <laughs> do you have a favorite session that comes to mind of late i had a session recently it was a photo shoot slash rope session mm-hmm. and the person was extremely like vulnerable and like in their emotions and just cried mm-hmm. throughout the entire process and I was able to like capture that all on camera. Wow. And there were moments like in between ties where it was like the most beautiful mm-hmm. which is something you wouldn't expect, but just like extremely open and like vulnerable and seeing this whole process unfold. That was, that was a really cool experience to be able to capture that as well. And like for that person to just be so open to like wanting that to be part of their process and like wanting that to be captured as part of the art. That was, that was one of my favorite sessions, um, as of recent. Amazing. But I love all of my sessions and all of my bottoms equally. (laughs) (laughs) I love all my children equally. Dad loves you. (laughs) If you could tie up a, a celebrity. Oh, well. <laughs> who would it be? Hmm. Any celebrity? Yeah. Who just jumps into your head when I said that? Maybe, like, some white talk, so- talk show host. <laughs> nice. Just, like, some old white man. <laughs> some old white man. You know, named Maury or whatever their names are. I don't know. Yeah, Maury Povich. Yeah, yeah him. <laughs> yeah, him. <laughs> For no reason in particular. Just because I think it'd be funny. Just like upside down Maury. Upside down Maury Povich. You do talk show now, bitch. Or like Judge Judy. Judge <laughs> Judy. I like it. I like it. <laughs> what is your favorite kink? Other blood. than rope. Blood. <laughs> blood. 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 Bloodlust. Do you have... You got the bloodlust? Do you have a memorable session in mind about... Uh, that was with needles? Hmm. I have not had a lot of sessions where I was, like, topping with needles. I mm-hmm. would love more. <laughs> wink, uh, wink. Wink, wink. No yeah. judge. Yeah. Um, Do you have one where you bottomed? A... a something that was very memorable or meaningful for you? Okay, actually the most memorable blood thing was when I went to learn how to do needles. Mm-hmm. Oh, I forget the name of the teacher. 
that's so bad okay but anyways she was like teaching us how to like do all like the cleanliness and you know put the needle in and mm -hmm. then she was going around to like show it on people so like on their arms or whatever and I was just like do it on my neck and <laughs> <laughs> so I was just like in this like you know workshop with like there was a bunch of people around, and I just got her to, like, pierce, like, three needles into my neck. And I just thought that it was fun, and, like, like no one really expected it, and I was very happy. I love that. Yeah. <laughs> just because everyone else got it on their arm, and I was just like, do it on my neck. That's, like, the best part of the workshop. <laughs> when you got to be stabbed in the neck. Right? Like, she's, like, a professional, and I'm like, I trust you. Like, might as well do something strange. So... Strange and memorable. You're an expert. So I can you know? talk about it on a podcast right? in a couple of years. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> okay. Did you have um, some sort of unexpected when I when I say this, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? Something unexpected that happened in a session. Someone puked. Oh <gasps> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're still friends. <laughs> They're gonna hear this and like die. Laugh. Yeah. Yes. We're still friends. Um, everything went okay. <laughs> it was hilarious. Like it was scary while it was happening. But, sure, like afterwards, yeah. after everything was like safe. Like yeah. I didn't even really suspend them that much. Like it was a very um, unexpected it was a, reaction. <laughs> it was a very unexpected reaction that now I like to warn people about. Like this might be very intense for your body. You might puke. Yeah. You might pass out. Like yeah. these are things that there I'm might be able something to crazy. Deal that, with, yeah. You know, like I feel confident in my ability to like react in those situations. Yeah. Oh. So now thing. I can oh look back God. and be like, wow. But yeah, during the time it was scary, but everything ended up being okay. Okay. Good. And the rope was not destroyed too much from the puke. <laughs> yeah, how does one get puke out of a rope? <laughs> you don't. You just have to throw it out. That's the thing. If your rope gets puked on, it's, yeah, it's puke rope now. <laughs> it belongs to the puke Yeah. Oh, my God. I love it. Take it home as a little, like, souvenir. <laughs> oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> Okay, if, um, okay, one last question. So, this might be a huge, dumb question again, but, um, if you want people to know one thing about you, mm -hmm. um, as a kinky person, mm -hmm. what would it be? That kink for me is not inherently sexual, and to not misgender me. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Sorry, it's not really fun answers, but, yeah, those are, like, that's what I think of mostly is, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> I love it. And last but not least, are you able to tell us all the ways we can uh, see all your cool content? We can possibly book you. We yes. can follow you and support you. Let us know. Okay. Well, everything is on my Instagram. So Luna underscore Emuna, E-M-U-N-A. Um, there will be a link to all of my things on my profile, which include my website, um, where all of my services are listed. And then I also have a Patreon where I post full photo sets um, and videos of rope sessions and other photo shoots. You can support me on there. Um, and then I also have a Twitter. And so all of those links are on my Instagram. Yeah. 
Perfect. Yes. And what do I have to tell all of you? So many things. We have a lot coming up in February. Um, February 10th, which is a Monday, we're doing a live podcast recording at the Bad Dog Theater at 8 p.m. Uh, Wednesday, February 12th, I'm doing a cool thing at the Fox Cinema called Sex in Cinema. We're screening the film Nine and a Half Weeks. It's a kink film from 1986, and then we're having a kink panel uh, afterwards to talk about it. I have a special Valentine's Day edition of Bedpost that's happening at Club M4 on Friday, February 14th. And then I've got the usual Bedpost uh, the following Friday the, at the Social Capital Theatre. For all of 2020, I am the third Friday of every month at 8 p.m. over there at that venue. Uh, yep, my Patreon, once again, patreon.com slash thebedpostshow. I am the Bedpost Podcast on Instagram, and my doming stuff is at theladypim one on Twitter. Uh, if you want to send in a question, a uh, comment, or um, a nude, you can do so. <laughs> I'm going to regret that. At thebedpostsexshow at gmail.com. Uh, we're also doing, um, we're doing a lot on the YouTube page as well, so you can check out the Bedpost Sex Show on YouTube. One last huge thank you to Stephanie Copeland, who has done all the original music for my pod, and in fact, we're nominated for a Canadian Podcasting Award uh, for original music, so there you go. And um, we're also nominated for a People's Choice Award, which uh, usually, you know, most of the voting is amongst other podcasters, but the People's Choice Award is not, so you can actually go vote for me uh, for your People's Choice podcast. That's at um, the Canadian Podcasting Awards on their website. And then, of course, I have to thank my guest for today, Luna Amina. Thank you so much for coming and speaking with me today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so much fun. You've been fantastic. I love <laughs> thank it. Thank you. I can't wait to go back and listen to it again with the, when I'm editing. <laughs> Truly. Um, thank you so much to everyone who's been uh, watching and listening. <laughs> watching. Nope. Just listening. We'll see you next week with another fantastic guest in the studio talking about sex and sexuality. Until then, get fucked, everybody. Bye. <laughs>